Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions, will dive into education issues, and will highlight what's working in your rural communities. You will hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Sadorf. Thank you, Rural Scoop listeners, for tuning in today for a chance to get to know Glenn Lineberry. He's a full-time administrator with the Miami Unified School District here in Arizona, and he'll be introducing us to an online educational platform that can help rural schools dealing with teacher recruitment issues. Glenn, are you ready to give us the scoop? I am. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, First, before we get started, can you give our listeners a bit of information about you and your background? Sure. My name is Glenn Lineberry. I am the principal and CTE director at Miami Junior Senior High School. I'm a second career guy. After about 25 years in business, I went back to ASU to get a teaching degree. I was in the classroom for three years at San Carlos High School on the San Carlos Apache Reservation, and then a year as vice principal there, and I'm in my sixth year here at Miami. So introduce us to your district. Right. We're, uh, we're in Miami, which is part of the sort of Globe Miami area. We're about 80 miles east of downtown Phoenix. I have 550 students in my building at 6 through 12. We have another five or 600 students pre-K through 5. And here in the high school, we are five years into a self-directed and largely self-financed school improvement project. We've worked to restore our upper-level academic courses. We offer calculus and physics and college English and all that. And we've rebuilt our CTE programs from two to nine, and we now require completion of a CTE course sequence for graduation. Wow. So things are coming along. We've made a lot of progress on school culture, and uh, we have a, about a 60% acceptance rate at the state universities for our graduating classes the last two years. How big are those classes? Oh, 60, 70. So, Glenn, introduce us to the program that we're going to be talking about today, that online learning system that you had originally called Bicephalus. Give yeah, us the, <laughs> the that was me showing off speech. the last guy <laughs> in the country with a, with a classical education. Uh, Bucephalus, for people who don't know, was Alexander the Great's horse. You know, like most rural, rural schools, it's difficult for us to offer our students everything they need. You have a limited number of teachers multiplied by the number of hours per day. And it's on top of that, it's not easy finding qualified physics or calculus teachers. Just because somebody is uh, certified to teach English doesn't mean that they're comfortable with both Shakespeare and contemporary novels. And then the further layer of complexity for that is that increasingly our students and their parents are expecting to be able to earn college credits while they're here in the school. We've been lucky in filling our staffing positions. But once we have them, we don't really fully leverage their abilities. I can put a dozen kids in college English every year and maybe four or five or six in calculus, but that still leaves a very valuable teacher underutilized. So working with others, we formed the Arizona Student Opportunity Collaborative to share teachers uh, across the the state. So that's that's the why. Talk a little bit about the how. How did you start this collaborative up? Well, we've kind of just made it up. Uh, we, we recognize the need. I have a teacher, for instance, with a master's in English who teaches college English. San Carlos has a teacher with a chemistry PhD. I'm sorry. Yeah, chemistry PhD. 
So why can't my kids take advanced chemistry from Dr. Rajput, and why can't their kids take English 101 and 102 from Mrs. Oldfield? And the short answer is that they can once you get past some technology issues. And if you can do it between two schools, you can do it through the six or seven high schools in Gila County. And once you've whacked your way through that, you can do it statewide. So we put together a preliminary plan with some particular, some particular help from uh, uh, the Office of Scholarship and Innovation at ASU's Mary Lou Fulton. And we had a big meeting in January to plan it out. Uh, Kathy Hoffman came and spent the day and folks from foundations and universities and community colleges and schools and, uh, and industry. And then Tim Carter, the Yavapai County superintendent, stepped up to offer us a sort of home. It's a virtual network, but you still need an administrative home. And then the Helios Foundation came in and has funded our entire pilot year. So in a nutshell, we're setting up a network that will let students anywhere in Arizona take upper level and college credit courses from highly qualified teachers around the state. So if you have a kid needing calculus, my calculus teacher can provide the instruction, and then some of my kids can probably take a course from one of your teachers or someone else's. We're in the pilot year. Uh, right now, we're offering several courses out on a synchronous basis, but we recognize that it's never going to be possible to line up folks' bell schedules. So uh, that Office of Scholarship Innovation, along with the Office of Digital Learning at ASU, are helping us build out the online course modules, and in January, we'll be able to offer probably about a dozen courses asynchronously. So mm. students will be able to log in at pretty much any time and do the work. I, in fact, I think a lot of us have taken, have taken online courses ourselves. So by January, uh, the courses will be asynchronous, and um, there'll still be opportunities for direct communication with the teacher, direct conference times, because uh, we're not going to leave students to sink or swim. But this way, the kid who's playing sports or holding on a job or has an otherwise full schedule can still take the courses he or she needs. You mentioned that this is your pilot, initial pilot year. Yes. How many schools are participating this year in your collaborative? I think right now we have students from about 12 or 14 schools. We've had some last-minute signups. I, so we only have a few dozen students in the synchronous part of it. But we have a number of schools who are lining up entire sections for classes in the spring semester. Uh, there's one high school, for instance, that doesn't have um, a government teacher, and I teach government here. So we'll, we're, gonna, we're going ahead and putting together that course into the course module, and those kids can take government uh, along with the college credit uh, in the spring. So in the spring, my guess is we'll be working with two or three dozen schools or school districts. And then the idea is to offer it out to rural school students across the state next August for the new school year. And one of the things that strikes me as you're talking about the synchronous versus asynchronous, it'll, it allows you to have an alt-ed program participate as well when it's asynchronous. So it's not just during the day programming that you'll be able to support in, in rural districts, but also some of those um, students that may or may not have been able to receive services in an alternative ed program. Right. Uh, and right now, we're focusing on the sort of upper division courses to make sure that students are prepared to matriculate at university. Uh, but, uh, but we do intend to work our way all the way down. Now, there are, you know, there are some issues. You can put three or four kids in a in a computer room to take calculus with a little less adult supervision than you can put 20 freshmen in a room for Algebra 1. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and so schools are still going to have to work that out. And with thanks to the generous financial support from Helios, uh, this is all taking place with no payment from the participating students or their schools. We recognize that the school is still providing a classroom and heating and air conditioning and a computer connection and adult supervision. Uh, so our goal is to seek out a permanent funding source that will allow us to continue to do this without the schools being dinged or without the schools having to share ADM. So one of the things that you mentioned was there are a few challenges in terms of logistics of running this program. What are some other things that are coming to the forefront as you're running through this pilot that might be challenges that you're facing? Well, the big one is the bell schedule simply can't be aligned. So we have to, we have to work our way around that. And, um, you know, we, uh, uh, the high schools, the, the students' home schools still have to monitor attendance because, of course, granting a credit for high school is a combination of seat time and demonstrated mastery. Um, mostly it's just a matter of coordination. We're, uh, we're training teachers to teach in a new way, uh, initially this fall in a hybrid situation, but, but we're teaching them how to, how to break lessons up differently. If you've taken online courses, you know that you're probably not going to sit down to a 30 or 40 or 50 minute lecture. There are going to be shorter lecture bits and backup uh, assignments and work and maybe a quiz to make sure somebody actually watched the lecture. And so it's a, it's a new format for the teaching. But it's one that we're discovering people aren't really afraid of. Uh, if your school's like mine, someplace you have a closet full of 15 or 20 year old ITV equipment mm -hmm. got purchased and sent out to all the schools and then nobody knew what to do with it. Now we're all accustomed to Zooming or Skyping. Uh, my daughter's a junior at ASU. She was in Thailand last spring and when she'd find a coffee shop with wireless, she would Skype me on her phone and you know, it was fabulous. I could see her face. I could see what she was doing. And once I realized I wasn't paying for it, it was great. <laughs> so if a district or, or school wanted to get involved and was looking at launching ASOC, getting involved with a collaborative, what are some things that they'd have to be aware of that might be potential challenges? Why might they fail? Well, it's really a matter of, I mean, first of all, they have to have, the, the, the kid needs to be able to get online and have a decent connection, but that's nearly every high school in the state is there now. We're, we're working to try to figure out ways to help students with online broadband access at home, but that's a bigger sandwich than we can eat on our own. I, mostly, it's just going to be a matter of exactly what it is getting any high school kid to succeed in school, and that's to attend every class and to do every assignment, I, because then, you know, they accidentally learn along the way. Um, so we're, we're working on that. We're feeling our way through this pilot year in terms of, of how we track that on our end, how the homeschool tracks it on their end, and at uh, sort of at what level and with what regularity we need to be communicating with the students' uh, boundary school. But mostly, Mostly, the, the whole idea here is that it, it's not, if we pull this off, if this works, it won't be necessary that every school have a teacher who can teach trigonometry or teach Shakespeare or teach whatever else. Uh, we can share these assets. We know we're facing a teacher shortage. Uh, if your staff is like mine, we, you know we're facing a, a worse teacher shortage when the retirement bulge gets there. Yes. 
and there's no supply of new highly qualified teachers coming into the system who want to come and live in small rural Arizona places. So the, 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 the exciting thing about this is that we've gotten support from all across the state. And I think that a big chunk of it is that we're not asking anybody to come in and save us. We're just asking for a little support and a little running room so that we can save ourselves. To date, and I know that this is early, <laughs> early, early in the pilot, but, but what would you consider the successes that you've had so far with ASOC? Well, probably what I just mentioned, that so many people are supportive. We're getting enormous support uh, from community colleges, from school districts, from the, the Rural Schools Association, from Superintendent Carter and his staff, from Superintendent Hoffman and people throughout ADE. So, and, and then you add in Helios, uh, the, several of the big mines have been, are, are involved in helping us raise some funds and attack some technology issues. So really it's just that I, I think everybody wants to get this done. I think this problem that we're attacking has been on everybody's due list for years, but it's been fourth or fifth or sixth on the due list. And if you're like me, most days you don't ever get that far down into your do list. Sure. So if we can collectivize the answer, uh, then we can we can get there together uh, and um, and fix the problem. What are some of the goals? I know that that your proposal had both short and long term goals right. laid out. So the, the the ultimate goal is that every student in the state has access to every class she needs in order to matriculate successfully at university, regardless of whether that's directly to a four-year university out of school or via the community college on-ramp or through trade schools or whatever. So the first stage is to get this network up and running. The sec a, a second component is working with the community colleges to iron out differentials and credentialing and course catalogs. Our goal and this is, this is up to the community colleges and we'll have to adjust to whatever system works for them. Our goal is that if some kid in Prescott is taking English 101 from my English teacher who's credentialed at EAC, the student would get the credit from Yavapai College. I, and so we're working on that. The funding from Helios also includes the development of some direct curriculum. So we're working on, a, for instance, a young adult literature component with Professor Blasingame at ASU, who's one of the leading experts in the country on YA Lit. We're working uh, with some of the leading paleoanthropologists to design a course where there would be five or six lecture lectures from each of four or five people. We're talking the folks who found Lucy and that kind of thing mm -hmm. that students could take. It would include student assignments and assessments, and it could be delivered by any qualified, certified teacher. So we're trying to piece all of that together, and we're trying to do it without replicating anything that's already done and in place, off-the-shelf technology, all that sort of thing. Is there anyone else in the country that you've come across that's doing the same kind of project? You know, there, there, there are a number, this kind of sort of approach uh, is, is being followed different places in different ways. Florida has the Florida Virtual Academy that they've had for years. Uh, that is really a sort of state-run online high school program. Mm -hmm. There are networks in Ohio and West Virginia and Colorado focused on principal training and on uh, on school improvement. But we, we, we may be the only one up and running uh, that's really from a school's perspective about solving school's problems. 
So hopefully what will happen is everybody who's trying these innovative approaches will succeed at what they're trying to do. And then we can all replicate everybody else and get where we need to be. If a district was interested in tapping into ASOC, what would they need to do in order to start this own this program at their own site? Call me. Um, <laughs> Easy. <laughs> they, can, they can email me at glenn.lineberry, that's G-L-E-N dot L-I-N-E-B-E-R-R-Y at A-Z-S-O-C dot org. They can call me at Miami High School, which is 928-425-3271. My extension is 1201. My cell is 480-329-3677. I just ask them to spot me a little bit of an excuse because I'm usually slightly rude when I don't recognize the number in the hopes that I can offend a telemarketer. <laughs> so just tell me off the bat you're calling from a school about the new state network and I'll be friendly real quickly. So what would they need to have in place if they were interested in traveling this road? Uh, they need a student who needs a class and has a computer with an internet connection. So you, you mentioned that teacher recruitment and retention obviously is an issue in rural communities. Right. And you have leveraged some resources in order to tackle that problem. Are there other things that you can think of that would help with teacher recruitment and retention outside of the ASOC program? Sure. Uh, if there are any legislators listening, more money would be nice. I think we need more uh, coordination and collaboration at the, at the university level. We have an exciting project here, and it may be elsewhere in the state, between EAC and ASU. It's a two plus two program where students up here can do their first two years of a teaching degree through, the, through Gila Community College, which is the local campus of EAC and then do their final two years of a teaching degree with ASU without actually leaving Globe in Miami. So yeah. uh, I, have a, I have a paraprofessional, for instance, who's finishing up that program this year and we're moving her into a teaching position. She has a nursing background, she certif she'll be certified in biology. So that's a way to turn people, you know, not everybody can go spend two years or four years someplace else. Maybe they have family obligations or something. So expanding that program would be fabulous. Uh, and probably making it easier under the new subject matter expert certification process, uh, making it easier for folks to shift into, into teaching. In your opinion, Glenn, based on your own writings experience, what makes for a successful rural education environment, and how does ASOC play into that? What, we found, what I found at San Carlos and here is that the first piece is the cultural piece. Uh, students have to want to be at school. They have to enjoy being at school. They have to feel safe being at school. I, I was taught the, the, the three R's thing. It's relationship, relevance, and rigor. So if we connect with our students and the rural schools I'm in, that's going on. Then you connect the students to the material and the rest of it then is just a matter of teaching. For the, for the network side of things, we're all going to have to learn how to teach online, which is a different thing than being in the room with students. But mostly it's the way things are going. If you're a John Deere mechanic, your training updates are now delivered online. Uh, it's, it's the way things are going. Um, and I think we just, uh, we're just trying to get on board in a way that's most effective for our students. Glenn, is there anything that I haven't asked you about this collaborative that you'd like for our listeners to know? 
Please, I hope everyone understands that this is a pilot project, which means we're looking for input as much as we're looking for people to sign off onto what we've already designed. What form of input are you looking for? Well, preferably positive and friendly, <laughs> uh, but uh, what courses need to be offered? Any, any experience folks have? I'm, I'm running into people all over the state who here or there have done things that are factoring into our planning and to our understanding of what this may look like. To be honest, Melissa, I, I have no idea what this network is going to look like in three or four or five years, and I don't care as long as it helps us give every student the courses needed in order to succeed. I think ultimately that's, that's the goal that this whole collaborative is based on, kids getting what they need. That's right. No matter where they live. Especially no matter where they live. I want to let all the Roll Scoop listeners know that Glenn's contact information will also be available in the show notes, and you can check that out at the Arizona Rural Schools Association website at azruralschools.org, and we'll have some detailed information on how to get in touch with him. Thanks again, Glenn, for talking with me. Thank you. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.